Hi everyone, it's Rachel and Jen. We just wanted to quickly interject that even though we do say that our name is It's No Citizen Kane, we have actually since changed our name. Our name is no longer It's No Citizen Kane. We are now One Person's Trash is Our Treasure, aka Optiot, O-P-T-I-O-T. So now for our social media, you can find us on One Person's Trash is Our Treasure.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at Optiot, that's O-P-T-I-O-T, and we're also on Instagram at Optiot Pod. Yeah, so that's all. Back to the show. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Rachel. I'm Jen. And this is It's No Citizen Kane. Uh, Welcome. We're glad you're here. Yeah, um, It's No Citizen Kane is a podcast where we talk about media that um, maybe doesn't get a ton of attention or a ton of positive attention or a ton of um, thoughtful discussion. Yeah. Rachel and I have known each other for a really long time. Yeah. We are very good friends. Mm -hmm. The best of friends. Best of friends. And... um, For the entirety of our friendship, we have always loved to discuss all types of media in depth, analyze it, just, we're obsessed. Yeah. If you'd like to read about our origin story, please check out itsnocitizenkane.com and go to the Our Mission page where we explain in depth what we do, why we do it, and how it all started. Yeah. So in this episode, we are going to be talking about the television series Once Upon a Time. In particular, we're going to be focusing on season one and um, the character Rumpelstiltskin. Yes. We both find him to be pretty much the most interesting and multidimensional character, I think. Yeah. Once Upon a Time is pretty popular, and um, for the most part, we're trying to focus on things that don't get a lot of attention, but Once Upon a Time is kind of getting a lot of bad attention right. nowadays. Well, yeah. Because not everyone, including me and Jen, are happy with the way the direction the show has gone. Yeah, we watched it uh, early on and yeah. then kind of stopped. But the show has always been campy. Yeah. Campy, but still pretty darn enjoyable. Absolutely. And that's what that's what this is about. Exactly. So um, sit back, listen to our conversation, and we really hope you'll enjoy it. So if you're unfamiliar with the show, Once Upon a Time is a show about fairy tale characters who have been cursed by the evil queen from Snow White to live out their lives in a town in modern day Maine. None of them remember who they were before the curse, and they're all living out alternative identities. So each episode has two stories, what's going on in present day Storybrooke in Maine, and also flashbacks that took place before the curse in fairy tale land called the Enchanted Forest. So that's that's basically all you need to know. So, um, Mr. Gold slash Rumpelstiltskin <sighs> from Once Upon a Time, uh, we are going to be just talking about just season one. Uh, so when we were planning this episode, we kind of um, were like brainstorming topics uh, to talk about with Mr. Gold slash Rumpelstiltskin in particular. And um, the one... <laughs> that we really um, honed in on was the fact that he's terrible and basically a monster and a terrible person, but we love him. It's super frustrating. Yeah. So 
Um, why do you think that we love him not only, not only, like, outside, like, you know, he's an interesting character, like, we genuinely love him. Mm-hmm. Like, why is that? Why is it that it's not just, like, for example, Regina, mm-hmm. I think she's a really interesting character. Yes. But I don't, like, love her the way I do Rumpelstiltskin. Right. I know exactly what you mean. I don't know. I don't know. This, I mean, in my notes, it literally, like, every once in a while, I just, like, I, I say something like, why the fuck do I feel this way? Why? Like, it doesn't make sense. Why Why does this work on me? Why, why, why aren't I put off by this, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's stupid. It's, re- it's really dumb. Well, um, for me, <laughs> I kind of find him sexy. <laughs> I know you do. I remember. I remember you saying that to me when the when season one was airing. And I was like, "What? Why?" And what did you say to me? I've kind of got a thing for rich, powerful older men <laughs> who are kind of dicks. <laughs> Should I be worried about you? <laughs> no, I think I'm in a healthy relationship. <laughs> I think you are too. But you know. Yeah, okay. Well, um, the first note I have written is that he's always in control. Mm-hmm. You know, with pretty much everything that is going on in both Fairy Tale Land with the flashbacks and also as season one is going on, mm-hmm. he always, like everyone else is dealing, it, 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 it kind of feels like everyone else is dealing with one thing. Mm-hmm. And then Gold is over here with his secret intentions planning and scheming and he's always got the upper hand on everyone because he like for example in the beginning regina doesn't know that he remembers right yeah the first time she gets a clue that he remembers is in episode two and you first see the flashback where she goes to him when he's in jail and she he um she's trying to ask why the dark curse didn't work and he says to her i will help you figure out the curse but in return you have to promise me that I will be rich and taken care of in this new world, and that anytime I go to you and ask you for a favor, you have to do it as long as I say the word please. And she agrees. And then, like, the next time you see them interacting in, like, Storybrooke, mm-hmm. she's trying to nag him about something, and he's like, let me go, and she won't, and then he says, please. Mm-hmm. And she has to let him go, because... I believe we're supposed to think that she is bound by magic to do whatever he wants. Well, there's a lot of, especially with him, there's a lot of emphasis put on making deals. Yeah, exactly. And that's one thing that is really interesting about his character. Like, everything is a barter system for him. Mm -hmm. It's like, (laughs) I want to talk about Belle stuff, but there's other stuff I wanted to say about Mm -hmm. Regina. So, going back to what I was saying about him always being in charge and always in control, it's kind of sexy. I don't know. Like, he's really powerful and smart. Yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. We did, I remember, (laughs) we were talking about this somewhat recently, and I said, I'm more attracted to him as Rumpelstiltskin than as Mr. Gold. So, yeah, why do you think that is? I don't know, because you said me too, right? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. Yes in that, like, this guy's got magic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, in that he's batshit. That's what I think I like. Really? <laughs> I have no idea what's wrong with me. I 
I, I mean, tell you. D- I mean, what's worse, me being into this guy <laughs> who's a dick and powerful, or you being into, you know, one flew over the cuckoo's nest? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a toss up. Yeah, I, we're both flawed. Let's leave it at that. Yeah, <laughs> flawed is a kind word. Yeah, exactly. Another thing that I wrote down is that the writers really made a really excellent use of him in season one because he plays the role of so many different Disney characters. I have that written down, actually. I was going to ask you, do you think part of the reason we're so in love with him is because he is pulling double duty as both Rumpelstiltskin and the Beast? Maybe, definitely. Okay. Because we love Beauty and the Beast so much. When he, when we realized he was the Beast, were we more inclined to forgive some of his uh, awful, awful, awful qualities? I think there's definitely some truth to that notion. I remember when we first started watching the show... We were both like, this is okay, mm-hmm. you know? I believe I thought Rumpelstiltskin was interesting, but... Side, side note, Rachel and I are both huge Disney fans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hu- we, huge. I think I can quote Beauty and the Beast from start to finish, almost verbatim. Literally, a couple hours ago, you were singing the entirety of the introduct- introductory bell song by yourself. I was doing all the characters myself. Yeah. If you want a private performance, uh, message me. So... <laughs> It's pretty, I would pay money for it, and I, but I don't have to. Yeah. It's pretty great. <laughs> so um, when we first started watching this, I believe neither of us were like super invested. Yeah. I think we both thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. And then I saw episode 12, Skin Deep, and you had not caught up yet. Yeah, I, I had actually kind of stopped watching because I was becoming less and less interested. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But then I, I encouraged you. I was like, no, no, no. Keep going. And you didn't say anything about why. Yeah. But you were adamant. Yeah. And something about it was like, I guess, <laughs> I guess I'll catch up. Yeah. And I, and I didn't know why. And then I got too skin deep. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is why. Yeah. That episode, I, I think we both consider it the best episode of the entire show, at least of what we've seen. But I have no reason to believe that any of the recent episodes, the recent episodes that neither of us have seen can compare. Yeah. Even if that episode were a standalone movie, mm-hmm. I feel like it's watchable. It, it's like, there, yeah. there are some certain parts where, of course, it's not going to flow for other people who don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that episode is really, really tight. It is a really great contained story. Yeah. And it's also just so well written. I mean, considering... Shout out to Jane S. Benson, who wrote that episode. Did she leave the show after a certain point? Because... I don't know. She wrote a lot of the Rumpelstiltskin episodes. When I watched a couple of the other episodes um, earlier today, I was like, oh, she wrote this one too. Yeah. She's really, really, really brilliant writing in that episode. Because first of all, we get the introduction of one of mine and Jen's favorite characters, Belle. We really like her, not just as a female character, but as a character in general. Yeah. But we also get the introduction of the Belle-Rumpelstiltskin relationship, which is so... It's crack. It's, yes. It, it's, like, so problematic. It's bad for you. It's it's bad for you, but it's also, oh, you just want to keep going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. <laughs> yeah, it's... I remember when... When I watched that episode for the first time, and really early on in the episode, they kind of reveal that uh, the Beast is Rumpelstiltskin. Like, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember being like, ugh. 
Yes. Like, yes. not sure about this. Yes. And what was the moment that you were won over? Because I think I know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was probably won over the first time she's wearing the blue dress and she drops the cup. And Oh, really? Yeah. Of course. The curtain scene. I was... We literally just watched this episode and I can't remember which one happens first. The blue dress. the Like, the cup. The chip okay. scene. Okay. Yeah. Because I I was really unsure until the curtain scene. It was like a, a switch was flipped when she fell. Yeah. I That scene, the first time I saw it, made me want to, like, squee. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, back to our old middle school days. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it was really... But they, they do invoke that kind of feeling. Yeah, like like that breathless, yeah. swoony, you know, like... It makes me, like... It, it's very romantic. Yeah. Even though it's not because he's keeping her captive. Because it's so messed up. It is messed up. But, okay, I have a lot of notes about why I believe Rumpelstiltskin likes Belle. Okay. So there's kind of this motif of ownership and possessions Ugh. in this episode throughout the entire show, but we'll say first season because um, for the purposes of our discussion. Right. Gold is, his name is Gold, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when he's in Storybrooke, his name is Gold. And he owns a pawn shop full of things. And they're actually belongings, the belongings of the people of Storybrooke. They just don't know it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And um, in his castle in the Enchanted Forest, he's got, like, items on pedestals and, like, things on display. And Mm -hmm. he's this guy who, you know how earlier we were talking about how everything he does is a deal, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Everything's a transaction to him. He's really all about, like, ownership. And then Belle shows up. And he's, he's pretty... He treats her differently from the start. And I think one of the reasons why is because... She agrees to go with him. I don't think he was expecting that. I think he was expecting her dad to be like, go, you know? And Mm -hmm. the fact that she is the one who is like, yes, I'll go with you. This is my choice. And she makes it very clear, this is my choice and my destiny. Mm -hmm. I think that surprised him because he's the character who is always controlling what everyone else does. Like, for example, the Cinderella episode. He is the fairy godmother. (laughs) <laughs> in that episode. I was going to bring that up, too. He shows up, he manipulates Cinderella, and he is in control. That show, like, rewatching, I rewatched that episode earlier. I was, I could not believe, because this is before Skin Deep, it's before you really, like, know him as a character, and probably before you and I, like, fell in love with him. Mm-hmm. So rewatching that episode is, like, jarring, because... He's despicable. Mm-hmm. The worst behavior. Yeah. But, like, throughout the show, when Rumpelstiltskin makes deals with people, he's manipulating them. Yeah. He is... When he makes a deal with Belle's father, he's manipulating Belle's father. Mm-hmm. Belle is kind of just, like, the pawn. Right. But then she kind of steps up and she's like, okay, let's mm-hmm. do this. And she doesn't break. She, she remains who she is. She doesn't break down. She, in fact... She takes him on and she says, 
I want to get to know you. Mm-hmm. And she calls him out on things. Yeah. And I think that really surprises him because no one else does that. Regina antagonizes him, but they're always getting the upper hand on one another. Belle isn't his enemy. Right. She doesn't even try to be. She just wants to get to know him. And I think that's why he's so taken with her. And I think that's why he ends up having feelings for her because she's so different than other people. And I mean, who's to say if he came at her with a in a different scenario, if she wouldn't end up being a, his pawn, mm-hmm. but it just so happened that she wasn't. No, I think, I think you're definitely right. I think that if t- to him, if everything is a power play and she disrupts that balance like Mm -hmm. and and just takes something into her own hands that was not previously that that would be Mm -hmm. different to him yeah so here's so with that in mind you know how he's a guy who's really obsessed with his possessions Mm -hmm. so she drops the cup okay Mm -hmm. and it breaks and she says oh my god i'm so sorry Mm -hmm. and he says it's It's just just a a cup Mm-hmm. I found that really interesting. Yeah. Coming from this guy who's like all about possessions. Suddenly, yeah. oh, it doesn't matter. Right. You yeah. know? I found yeah. that really interesting. And then when he feels Belle has betrayed him later in the episode, he destroys everything. All mm-hmm. of these prized possessions. He destroys them, you know? That's a good point. And then takes what was previously on a pedestal off of it and puts the chipped cup onto it. Yeah, I found that very significant. And then, to add to it all, in Storybrooke, there's the side story where he's going after Belle, the um, incarnation of Belle's father, who he has complete control over, and Mm -hmm. he's a total dick to. The guy robs his house and takes the cup, and we don't know that at first. Right. But when Emma's like, in less than 24 hours, I've recovered all your stuff, and he says you've recovered nothing. So it's like another example where his possessions no longer matter to him Mm -hmm. when it comes to Belle. Interesting. Yeah. I I mean, uh, okay, this is kind of tough because now we get into like problematic territory. Okay. To add to your possession point Mm -hmm. in Skin Deep, I mean, he takes Belle as a possession. He does. And do you remember what he says when he lets her go? Uh, yeah, because I wrote it down. Well, I mean... He uh, says, I don't want you anymore. Oh, no. I thought the, you meant the first time. <laughs> yeah, the second time he he lets her go. I don't want you anymore. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when he lets her go the first time, it's not him shunning her and lying to himself about not oh, wanting her anymore. Yeah. The first time, it's it's he's letting her go. Also, he doesn't treat her like a possession. Exactly. He's, he gives her the choice. Exactly, exactly. She says, you trust me to come back. And he says, no, I expect I'll never see you again. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think it's interesting how Belle upsets his... Certainly his worldview. Yeah. I, I just find that very interesting mm-hmm. that... Oh, and the other thing about Belle... The one time Regina consistently has the upper hand on, the one time Regina has the upper hand on him at all Mm -hmm. is in this episode when it comes to Belle Mm -hmm. because it's his only weakness. Right. You know? Yeah. At at that point in time. Yeah. No, I'm not thinking about him so much as I'm thinking about, you know, something happening to a female character being the... uh, driving force in a male character story is not cool but yeah it's 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 interesting that power dynamic being 
It's another instance of 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 Belle disrupting a power dynamic in Rumpelstiltskin's life that is like familiar to him. Like the Evil Queen does not usually have the upper hand on him, and then once again, it's Belle that like disrupts that. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally know what you mean about like that's not cool that she's you know mm-hmm. a force that only exists for Rumple's story, which does change later in the show. I personally feel yeah, but like also in a wish fulfillmenty way. I am so there for that. Like, I know, I know. <laughs> like, like something about, okay. For me, it's not just that there's this sexy, powerful, rich guy who is not opposed to using violence to get what he wants. <laughs> it's not just that. <laughs> I wasn't attracted to him. Stop laughing. Your, <laughs> your face when you said that was really... <laughs> okay, I'm not proud of that. <laughs> but it's not it's not just those things. Yeah. I wasn't attracted to him before Skin Deep. What I what makes me attracted is that he is this dangerous evil guy. Mm-hmm. He's a bad guy. Yeah. But he's got a soft spot and he has unwavering love and loyalty to Belle. Mhm. Yeah. I could feel myself melt a little bit even as you said that. It's <laughs> just so stupid it's so stupid we are we are strong empowered women we don't need men yes but but (laughs) yeah i mean even after when i wrote the quote you trust me to come back no i expect i'll never see you again after that it's i wrote it's so fucked up that that works on me so (laughs) fucked because that's not he doesn't get credit for doing like a normal thing yeah like he basically kidnapped her yeah and then it's like oh he's letting her go that's That's not not how that works no (laughs) and yet yeah and and, but then like when you see him watching to see if she'll come back Mm -hmm. like you're just like oh like, I know. like the way he reacts, how he's so excited that she's back and he tries to hide he it. Yeah, tries yeah. to play it off. Yeah. It's yeah. like really cute and I hate myself. It is. Like, bro, you're, you killed a man. You turned her fiance oh. who came to rescue her. Let's talk about that <laughs> because holy shit. Yeah. I remembered that something happened with Gaston, but I did not remember that that was what it was. When you watched that episode, you actually sent me a text. Because we, Jen and I, when we watch things, sometimes we live (laughs) text each other as we're watching it to, like, get each other's reactions. It's my favorite thing about watching something (laughs) that, that, like, you've seen before, is that I can, like, text you about it as I'm watching it. Yeah, it's great. Um, I really love it, especially if I'm, like, at work or something and my phone is blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Yeah. So, um, when you were watching it, you texted me and all I get is, ha, 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 in all caps. And then, and then you quoted, I am Sir Gaston and I am here to rescue. Like, you, like you quoted the mm-hmm. scene with, like, so many ha's mm-hmm. because you found it so delightful. <laughs> um... Okay, I don't remember that. <laughs> but I'm a little disappointed in young me because that was how many years ago now? How long has the show been on the air? Oh my god. Well, I was a freshman in college, so that was 2011. <sighs> okay. Wow. Okay. Me now is a little disappointed in me then. <laughs> <laughs> because me now, watching that, was horrified. Not that I gave a shit about Gaston. I mean, we saw him for 0.5 seconds. But the fact that he, that, that Rumpelstiltskin turns him into a rose. And, and he has come to rescue Belle. He's come to rescue Belle. Like, he's the good guy here. Yeah, yeah. 
And Rumpelstiltskin turns into turns him into a rose. Before he finishes his sentence. <laughs> Brings the rose inside, gives it to Belle, and, like, she has no fucking clue. Yeah. And she, like, she's like, oh, how sweet. And she, <laughs> she like, gets a, gets a vase for it and then cuts off the end of it. <laughs> Holy shit. She's like, she has no idea. And he's like probing her for information about, about like. About Gaston. Yeah, about Gaston. And she's like, oh, I didn't really care about him. Snip. Yeah. Like, oh my God. It's so messed up. And he loves it. Yeah. He's loving every second. And like, I mean, I'm still kind of there for it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I am too, but I don't. I find myself not liking that part. It's fucked up. It's really messed up. I mean, but. But so is. Rumpelstiltskin. He's a dark, fucked up guy. He, I really like, for instance, I was going to ask you what you thought, what you thought his character alignment is. Like a D&D character alignment? Yeah, like a, like a, like those, you know, people make those charts and stuff and, um. Yeah. Um, quick sidebar. (laughs) Jen and I are really big D&D nerds. We are. Uh, yeah. So if you know nothing about D&D, really quick explanation. Totally. Um, in D&D, when you create a character to play as, you have to make a... You don't have to, but uh, okay. it helps inform the character. Yeah, it, it helps with your character and the choices that you make as that character mm-hmm. if you have an alignment. And those alignments determine whether you're going to be uh, a good, evil, or neutral character. Mm-hmm. And whether you, like, obey the law or you don't. And that's basically right. it. Right. Lawful, neutral, or chaotic, and good, good, neutral, evil. Those are the spectrums. Yeah, and it's like a grid. Yeah. So, okay. Um, I think he's chaotic neutral. That was what I thought of first, and I think I did not end up landing on that when I was thinking about it. Okay. Because I think we want him to be chaotic neutral. <laughs> I hate <laughs> chaotic that, neutral characters, honestly, though. No, uh, yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from, because I think that a lot of people use the chaotic neutral label as an excuse to just be a D-bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, okay, I would make a case for lawful evil. Cause he That's makes, interesting. Because he makes deals. Yeah. At, especially in season one, he is an evil character. His character introduction. I was going to talk about his character introduction. The first time we see him is in a flashback as Rumpelstiltskin, mm-hmm. which makes sense. And he's in jail and um, he's crazy. Even the way that episode ends. When the first episode ends, okay, you'd think that it should end on like the series villain, right? Mm-hmm. It ends with gold. Does it? It does. Oh. It ends at the end of the first episode, I think is the first time you get to see Mr. Gold as Mr. Gold, I mm-hmm. think. I don't remember. And like you see him and Emma sees him and there's like sinister music and like he makes kind of a, a veiled threat. Like he says something ominous mm-hmm. to her that like the audience, we know he's Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. So it's like, ooh. Uh, like he he's set up to be a villain. Mm-hmm. I think the way character introductions are done are important. I think that the way a show frames a character's introduction informs how they want the audience to feel about that character. And the fact that Rumpelstiltskin is straight up introduced as a stone cold villain is super interesting to me considering seven episodes later they go into his backstory and end up somewhat succeeding in humanizing him a little bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um I think he while they establish him as a villain right away. Mm-hmm. They don't like Regina is also established as a villain yes. right away. Yeah. But Rumpelstiltskin instantly is 
you know there's something weird about him. Like, there's something different. He's not just a villain. He's He's, whimsical. He's definitely shrouded in mystery. Yeah. Instantly, you know that this guy isn't just... He's not just the evil queen, you know? Regina comes off as very one-dimensional in the first episode, but I think Rumpelstiltskin, like, he is so... The way he climbs down, he, he's, like, up on the ceiling or something when they walk toward him, and he kind of, like, crawls down the bars a little. In the first episode? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember, and I just watched it this morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because I remember when I first saw that, I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, Robert, I we have to say, Robert Carlyle is a genius. Yeah, Robert Carlyle, the character would not be anything He's without so good. the skill of Robert Carlyle. Like, his, his minute little gestures and movements. He's crazy good. He can go super big and broad as Rumpelstiltskin, but then also, like, for instance, in Skin Deep, when he catches her from falling at the curtains, mm-hmm. like, his small micro expressions are so human and so amazing. He's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Snow White in The Enchanted Forest and Mm -hmm. Mary Margaret in Storybrooke are the same person. Mm -hmm. Regina's got a little bit more subtle, like a little bit more difference between her. Like Regina's more refined and the evil queen is a lot, has a lot more flair. Mm -hmm. Rumpelstiltskin and Mr. Gold. Very different. Very different, but also so similar. Yes. You know, like it's weird. It's like, it's like Rumpelstiltskin's chaotic neutral, but, or even chaotic evil. Yeah. But then I Mr. Gold. I would say Rumpelstiltskin is chaotic evil. Yeah. But then Mr. Gold is like lawful evil, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like there's this really, really maybe, crazy. Maybe that's another thing that like is, appeals to us in some way. I mean, I know that that doesn't lend to like love in the way that we're really talking about. That's more like loving how much how interesting a character is but like Mm -hmm. maybe in some way that appeals to us that kind of like difference i don't know yeah no i think that definitely contributes to why we love him so much because it makes it like there's so much more dimension there to work with like yeah back to what we were saying earlier about how everyone else seems to always be working on one thing and mr gold's over here Mm -hmm doing his own right you know that's what's so interesting about him he's he's like above everyone else and like okay (laughs) i was just about to say how awful that sounded well he thinks he's above everyone else doesn't he he does and i god damn it rumpelstiltskin (laughs) i know oh god he's so great oh boy (laughs) okay so I think I hate myself more than you do about this. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm pretty forgiving of <laughs> myself. I I think here's what the difference is. Um, it's okay yes, to I indulge if yes. you, as long as you recognize that this isn't real life. And that's all you need to do. And as, as long as you recognize how unhealthy and fucked up it is. Yeah, like, you can read all of the stupid romance novels in the world Mm -hmm. as long as you realize that, you know, it might not be healthy for your boyfriend to creep into your room at night and watch you sleep like Edward Cullen does. Yeah. You can still get a thrill out of that and Mm -hmm. end up having a healthy relationship. (laughs) And I think people need to give women more credit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I definitely beat myself up about it too much. And then, like, I know we're not talking about later seasons, but I do think it's... I did bring this up, and I do think it's interesting that, like, neither of us really care for Hook that much. Mm Mm-hmm. Captain Hook. I actually kind of dislike him a little more than you do, I think. And I don't know... I don't know why I'm 
unforgiving of bad things he's done and then like love Rumpelstiltskin so much. I don't know why that is. And I know that there are people that love Hook and like maybe don't like Rumpelstiltskin very much. Yeah, well, I mean, part of it, and I'm not saying that other viewers are shallow and we're not, part of it could be the Hook is sexy. Part of it like, could be Like that. physically sexy. Like Robert Carlyle's like in his 60s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? And I mean, I don't, I don't really want to go there because I don't, know that that is like the I, I don't think that that's like the reason but i do think that that is probably like a contributing factor for some people that could definitely be part of it otherwise maybe because hook is less despicable you know in well okay. i guess i guess he is i guess like he is. if you if you put a check for every despicable thing that the care either character has done throughout the show mm-hmm. i feel like hook's got like 10 pages or um mr I gold do- has like 10 pages and hook has like you know, four. I guess that's fair. I, I do think that, like, it, oh, this is so shitty. But, like, as far as their relationships, I don't think Rumpelstiltskin has ever tried to kill Belle. Oh, Hook, God, no. Hook has tried to kill Emma, like, a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> and also, whatever. Whatever whatever your thing is. Like, that's not my thing. And <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin is, and he is definitely messed up. Oh, yeah. Honestly... Jen and I both kind of feel that the show fell off the ledge and just, like, kept falling. But the one thing that kept both of us going for longer than we would have otherwise is Rumpelstiltskin and Belle. Yeah, Rachel got longer than I did. I did. (laughs) And honestly, I would still watch all of the scenes with them in it because I think Emily DeRaven and... Is that how you say her name? Sure. Okay, Emily DeRaven, or however you say it, and Robert Carlyle are amazing together. Yeah. I think they're amazing separately, and I think they're amazing together. Yeah. Which, I think the show really lucked out in, like, deciding they were going to do this risky thing with the character of Rumpelstiltskin being Beast, Mm -hmm. putting him with Belle, which is, like, one of the most iconic Disney romances. Mm -hmm. It really could have fell flat. Yeah, they also got lucky with the writer, who was talented enough to take on that episode because it is a really remarkable episode. Jane S. Benson, yes. Yeah. Maybe I should watch the show and like only their parts. Yeah. Jen and I, as we were re-watching the first season to prepare to talk about this, we kept texting each other mm-hmm. and saying, oh my God, this first season is yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. Because it is. The first season of Once Upon a Time is really good. It's super cheesy at times. Yeah, it's campy. It's The silly. CGI is really bad. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> like, really bad. But um, the dynamics between the characters, the, the, the individual episodes, mm-hmm. you know, like, especially Skin Deep, like, the dreamy episode with the dwarf d- dreamy and the grumpy episode. Was August in the first season? Yes. August was great. Rachel and I both really loved uh, August. Yeah. Heartbroken when he turned into a little boy. Yeah, because then it's <laughs> no longer okay yeah. for us to be attracted to him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there I can't are, believe they did that to there, us. There are more important things in are the they? world. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the first season of that show is... Boy, our track record with this show is really awful. Evil, 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 crazy people and someone who turns into a little boy. Yeah. Like, Prince Charming is handsome. Prince Philip is handsome. Sure. So, um, the first season, it's campy. Mm-hmm. The whole show. Well, the whole show. But the first season in particular really was something special. Yeah. They, they did some brilliant things with the Disney canon. Yeah, absolutely. But also, you know, 
there's a point where sometimes things just don't work artistically for you individually. Like, if you're listening to this and you're like, I loved the last, most recent episode of Once Upon a Time, uh, rock on. Yeah. Like, right on. Like, keep watching. Mm -hmm. Enjoy it. Love what you love, because that's fine. I have no opinion of you based on what you like. Yeah. It's just that personally, didn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah, same. That's, That's kind of how we feel about that. And also... We, as we were saying earlier, we love the first season of Once Upon a Time, even though it's campy and flawed, mm-hmm. because, you know, we are large, we contain multitudes. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not a binary. Yeah. It's not like, this has a flaw, I hate it. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. it's, this has a flaw, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. That's how we feel. Yeah. Rumpelstiltskin certainly has many flaws. And we love him, and we're talking about him. Yeah. Do you have anything else in your notes you want to address? We've touched on most of it. Mostly, I just feel like we haven't really solved the mystery. He is a villain. Mm-hmm. He he is evil aligned, we have decided. Mm-hmm. He does despicable things to everyone around him, including his love interest. Yes. He lies to her. He manipulates her. He tries to take a baby from a pregnant woman. From multiple plague pregnant women. But also, like, in... St- Here's what... Okay. <laughs> I didn't have time to, like, really watch the full episode, but the episode with Cinderella, and you find... You realize that, like, Rumpelstiltskin is her fairy godmother. Yeah. Which is kind of delightful. And... But, like, in Storybrooke, Cinderella is pregnant, and he wants to take her child. What purpose does that serve in Storybrooke? Yeah. I, I mean, I could make guesses as to what I think. Alarming guesses? Well, no. I think um, he loses his son, which we see in season one. Okay. I think he wants, his, he wants a kid back. That's alarming to me. <laughs> True. Fair enough. You know what? Yeah. Here's the thing. I don't think it's a mystery that can be solved or that needs to be solved. I think we are justified in just enjoying it. You are very correct. Yeah. I wish we could solve the mystery. Well, you know, maybe uh, listeners have an answer. <laughs> Do you have an answer, listener? Yeah. If you guys have any thoughts on Rumpelstiltskin in Once Upon a Time or anything that we've talked about, please tweet us at, um, at NoCitizenKane at Twitter, on mm-hmm. Twitter. Um, or you can message us on Instagram. At same handle. We really would like listeners to be involved in our discussions Mm -hmm. Uh, we actually want to do little short podcast episodes where we just address other people's thoughts thoughts and kind of share our own in relation and hey let us know if you have any favorite characters that you don't know why you love them because they're so flawed and you shouldn't yes but you do and that's okay it's totally okay. So we just want to know. We just want to know that we're not, we don't that we're be not alone. alone. <laughs> exactly. If we don't get any comments on this, at least we have each other. Yeah, that's that's kind of the thing. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I would drive myself crazy with this. Oh yeah, like if Jen and I didn't have each other. Oh well. I can't imagine a world. There would certainly be no. It's no Citizen Kane. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Okay, I think we're done. (laughs) Okay. Good ending. Wow, what scintillating conversation, right, Rachel? Damn, we're smart. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, whether or not you thought it was smart, we (laughs) 
hope you guys enjoyed that. Thank um, you so much for listening. If yeah, you got this far. Yeah, we had a blast talking about it. We um, have always have such a blast. <laughs> yeah, and we would really love it if you would reach out to us on social media yeah. and just let us know what you thought. Absolutely. And maybe share your own thoughts on this. Uh, we really want this to be a discussion mm-hmm. with people. We really like discussing media. <laughs> um, and not just what we like and didn't like, but, you know, what's going on beneath the surface. Yeah. And if you like this, give us a rating on iTunes. And if you didn't, let us know why. Hey, yeah, I, yeah. Forgot, I forgot that's a thing. If you are so inclined, reviewing even, I hear that that is helpful. We're very new to this. Yeah. Let us know what you thought. Yeah. We're we're open to criticism. We just we just want to have fun and entertain others. Well, so. I'm I mean I'm I'm a, I'm afraid of criticism. Well, so. get over it, Jen. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. I guess I can try. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Blah, blah, blah.